You are listening to an RPA production, where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, Real Paranormal Activity is proud to present Terry's Mysterious Moments. Welcome to Season 2 of Terry's Mysterious Moments. Thank you for listening to the show. I hope you find something interesting. Or maybe something spooky. Or maybe something just... Mysterious. friends. Tonight I want to talk about haunted theaters, those of the performing arts variety, not movie theaters. The one I want to start with is here in the state of Texas, in the town of Granbury, the Granbury, Texas Opera House is the theater that I'm referring to. There are a lot of strange places in Texas and just about as many as there are strange tales to go along with it. Granbury, Texas, nestled in the gentle Brazos River Valley in the north-central region of Texas, has its share. Some say Granbury was a focal point for famous and infamous characters of the 19th century. People like David Crockett's wife, Elizabeth, who settled in Hood County following the Texas Revolution. Crockett, as well as other Alamo participants, received land grants and the Crockett family received land in what is now Hood County. Elizabeth Crockett is buried in Acton State Historic Site, the smallest state park in Texas. A large statue of her marks her gravesite and several of Crockett's descendants still reside up in Hood County. And there's a tale of Jesse James, who is reported to be buried in the city of Granbury Cemetery. Contrary to the popular legend about Jesse James, it is believed by many, including many of his adult grandchildren, that James changed his name and lived to old age in Granbury. An argument can also be made that William Bonney, better known as Billy the Kid, moved to Granbury after reportedly being shot and killed in New Mexico by lawman Pat Garrett. As the story goes, friend and sheriff Pat Garrett staged the kid's death and ordered him out of the New Mexico territory in order to continue to live. 
Bonnie may have well headed to Granbury before later moving and retiring in nearby Hico, that's H-I-C-O, Hico, Texas. And Hico claims to be the final resting place for the kid. I had a college friend who even reported that her family had Billy the Kid in it. Seeing as how her family was from up around the Heiko area, I am not skeptical about this one as I used to be. She said the older members said that Billy the Kid was part of their family. But perhaps the strangest local tale of them all is about a tall, scholarly gentleman who moved to Granbury in the early 1870s to tend bar and teach school lessons by contract. His name, he said, was John St. Helen, and he loved to quote Shakespeare. But each April 14th, St. Helen, who'd attended bar at one point in his Granbury life, would drink himself into a stupor and occasionally mumble nonsensical utterances about government conspiracies and the death of an American hero. In modern times, the popular television shows 2020 and Unsolved Mysteries researched the claims that John St. Helens was the one insane John Wilkes Booth, the man who assassinated President Abraham Lincoln. Enough circumstantial evidence tends to support that claim. At least it leaves the question unanswered. In 2009, the paranormal-based reality show Ghost Lab, starring the Kling brothers of San Antonio, did an investigation at the Opera House based on this story of Booth having been seen there. And later, the episode went to Enid, Oklahoma, to follow up on the Booth story because supposedly John St. Helens left Granbury and moved to Enid. Thought to have suffered a mortal wound, then to have perished in a barn fire in Virginia. Federal authorities at the time first reported they'd thrown Booth's body into the Potomac River. That story was later changed, and investigators say that they turned over his charred remains to family members. While on the subject of conspiracies, there are stories circulating around that the assassination of Lincoln was a planned conspiracy by some of Lincoln's own presidential cabinet members. Remember the same night that Lincoln was assassinated, so were other key members of the government. Now here's something important to remember. You don't have to die to have been assassinated. You just have to have been attacked. For instance, Teddy Roosevelt was shot before a speech he gave. He was assassinated, but he didn't die from it. So on we go. Conspiracy theorists speculate the government was, has long covered up the real tale of Lincoln's assassination and that Booth, the would-be shooter at Ford's Theater, may have been ushered away by federal agents immediately following the assassination and reassigned with a new identity, similar to what happens today in the Witness Protection Program. Some years ago, a young reporter working for the San Antonio Light newspaper in existence back then, out of the Hill Country Bureau, went into the Bandera Public Library for a little research on local history. He came across an interesting newspaper clipping in the late 1800s that told the story of a young man who very much met the description of both Booth and St. Helens, who had come to Bandera under suspicious circumstances. 
He was a school teacher and a thespian and opened a school of acting for the children of elite families of Bandera. It wasn't long before this educated foreigner who walked with a limp and talked with a southern accent worked his way into the mainstream of local society and fell in love with the daughter of a local cattle baron. A marriage had been arranged and a wedding date set, but when a member of the bride's family arrived to attend the upcoming ceremony, he reportedly recognized the teacher as the man named John Wilkes Booth. The relative was part of a team of federal investigators who looked into the Lincoln assassination and were not satisfied that Booth was actually dead. As the story goes, the relative politely questioned the teacher, who became nervous and feigned an illness, saying he would answer all questions properly before the wedding. That night, he disappeared, never to be seen again in Bandera, leaving his bride-to-be standing at the altar. Could this have been the same man that then traveled to Granbury in an attempt to start over again with a different name and identity. Evidence seems to point that way. Of course, St. Helen's limp and predilection for Shakespeare and liquor may have been just a coincidence, but it remains curious as to why St. Helen quietly left his home in Glenrose when approached by a federal marshal. As the story goes, St. Helen actually lived in a small cabin in Glen Rose for two or three years before moving into Granbury. Without bothering to pack, St. Helen left Glen Rose for Granbury as soon as he learned a local woman was about to marry a U.S. Marshal. John St. Helen later, supposedly on his deathbed, confessed to Lincoln's assassination in a Granbury doctor's office. He reportedly confessed to a priest and several others that he was indeed Abraham Lincoln's lone assassin. He then revealed where they could find the gun he used to kill the president. Accordingly, the gun was later found wrapped in a newspaper clipping detailing Lincoln's untimely death. The only problem is, St. Helens didn't die that day, and he shortly left Granbury unannounced. Years later, in 1903, in Enid, Oklahoma, a man named David George claimed to be John Wilkes Booth while on his deathbed. Apparently, this time it was for real. George also claimed to have changed his name the first time around to John St. Helen. Local stories around Granbury, depending on who you talk to, have it that St. Helens was a big fan of the Granbury Opera House and may have performed there on several occasions. In fact, the restored opera house, now open for productions by seasoned Broadway veterans and an in-house team of university interns, is said to be haunted by a stately figure in black wearing large black boots and a waistcoat to match. The apparition is said to be well-versed in Shakespeare and has been known to launch into a tyrannical performance of passion and prose. Ham is eternal, apparently. The few who have said to have seen the apparition later, after examining photos of Booth, say the ghost and the assassin appear to look very much the same. Is it really the ghost of John Wilkes Booth who haunts the Granbury Opera House, 
or are the tales and stories nothing more than legend and fable? Perhaps the only way to know for certain would be to dress like old Honest Abe and enter the theater one dark night and ask for yourself. Stranger things have happened in Texas. Personally, I wonder what might happen if the play Our American Cousin was produced on that stage. The idea that many theaters, and I'm speaking of the performing arts types, not the movie theaters, although movie theaters do have stories of hauntings, that the performing arts theaters are haunted or claim to be raises a red flag in my mind, especially when speaking of college and university theaters. Could there really be that many sad, depressed college students interested in the performing arts who are just on the brink of suicide? Or do many of them get suicidal or depressed because of the stress of college and or interpersonal relationships on campus? Could it be that being away from home, in some cases thousands of miles from home and family, is the catalyst that kicks in these feelings which in turn causes these young people to eventually and sometimes mortally harm themselves? Could it be a self-esteem issue triggered by less than sympathetic or self-centered college profs? I've been to junior college and received a degree then went to university and again got a degree. I have an associate's degree in law enforcement and a bachelor's degree in general studies, which is very similar to liberal arts. So I have had encounters with people who were so self-important that theirs was the only opinion that mattered and they were known to savage students they didn't particularly like. In that case, I can understand students with low self-esteem having a difficult time, even facing the eternal chasm when they can't see around the next corner. I have heard and read so many stories about college or university theaters being haunted, and to be honest, they sound so similar. There are, of course, differences across the board, but I hear or read about the student stagehand who hangs himself from the catwalk, the former nearby resident elderly lady who was once a stage star back in the day, who now, after death, visits various productions, particularly the types she herself was cast in, or the thing that resides either backstage or under the stage and gives off feelings of fear or anger and creeps anyone out who works late at the theater alone. There are also the stories of the prankster spirit who turns on lights, turns off lights, opens doors, shuts doors, calls people's names in the darkness, and makes seats in the auditorium go up or down. The stories, and thus the similarities, are endless. In non-collegiate settings, the aforementioned particulars are duplicated in spades with many other enhancements. Here in San Antonio, there is a building just south of downtown in the historic King William District, so named because of the number of German immigrants who named the area after their royal back home, King William. That used to be a church. It opened in the early years of the 20th century, but in the 1960s, the local population dwindled. 
prompting the congregation to close the church and relocate elsewhere. One of the later incarnations became the Alamo Street Theater. Opened in the late 70s, it became a haven for those bitten by the acting bug. But it wasn't a cartoonishly done group. These folks put in long hours of work for their chosen craft. It became a dinner theater situation. Dinner served in the basement, the plays performed in the sanctuary upstairs. Over the course of time, those involved in the day-to-day -day work of the theater became aware that they may not be the only inhabitants of the building. There were spirits in the place. One of these spirits that people have claimed to see is a ghostly gentleman dressed in turn-of-the-century clothing. His apparition has been seen where church services were once held, and some believe because of that that he may have been a founding member of the Alamo Methodist Church. Another soul at the theater is believed to be the night owlish ghost of a former actor named Alvin. There are also reports of a very active ghostly child who is fond of moving objects around, turning lights on and off, running up and down the aisles of the theaters. The spirit of this young boy, who is constantly acting mischievously, has been dubbed Eddie. Eddie appears to be around the age of 9 or 10. It is believed that Eddie died of polio because they say his ghost began appearing shortly after the arrival of an old Victorian-era wicker wheelchair that was brought as a prop for a play. People attribute Eddie's liveliness as an expression of liberation after a childhood of being stricken with polio and confined to the wheelchair. One certainly must understand his rebellious spirit and his love for the sight of the old theater. The main ghost of the building is allegedly the spirit of Margaret Gething. She was the great-granddaughter of an English lord. Margaret was a, quote, charming society girl of the city, unquote, who helped the Red Cross during World War II. She left San Antonio for New York to become an actress and even once starred in a Broadway play with Clark Gable. For those of you too young to know who Clark Gable is or was, look him up. Margaret would later return to San Antonio, becoming involved with interior design, and later she became the president of the King William Association, which is a neighborhood conservation group that operates with the goal of preserving properties like the building of the former Alamo Street Theater. The building is allegedly haunted by the ghost of Margaret Gething, perhaps because she is still drawn to the stage, remembering her days on Broadway. Her seamstress, Henrietta, is also supposedly attracted to the space, in particular the costumes backstage. Reports of the two appearing in the theater began during the Alamo Street Restaurant and Theater incarnation in the year 1976, just a year after Gething herself had passed away. The ghostly duo continued to appear even after the building changed ownership and moved to its next incarnation. There is an affectation in the American English language, and it refers to the land of England, the United Kingdom, as being across the pond. As the affectation goes, across the pond is one of the most famous theaters with permanent residents, although none of a fleshly sort. 
In London, England is the famous Drury Lane Theatre, or more properly, the Theatre Royal Drury Lane. There's been a theatre on the site of this Covent Garden Playhouse since 1663, making it the oldest continually operating theatre in London. Over the centuries, it's racked up its fair share of ghosts, and the most famous of which is The Man in Grey. The Man in Grey is supposedly an 18th century nobleman who wears powdered hair beneath a tricorn hat, like the old hats of the American Revolution time, a dress jacket and a cloak or cape, riding boots and a sword. Legend says that the Man in Grey is the ghost of a knife-stabbed man whose skeletal remains were found within a walled-up side passage in 1848. Various people have reported seeing the ghost, including W.J. McQueen Pope, who was an English theater historian and publicist, who described the ghost's usual path as starting at the end of the fourth row in the upper circle, then proceeding via the rear gangway to the wall near the royal box where the remains were found. The ghost of actor Charles Macklin and clown Joseph Grimaldi were also supposed to haunt the theater. Macklin appears backstage and he wanders the corridor which now stands in the spot where in 1735 he killed fellow actor Thomas Hallam in an argument over a wig. He was quoted as saying, Damn you for a blackguard, scrub, rascal, he shouted, and he thrust a cane into Hallam's face and pierced his left eye which killed him. Grimaldi, the clown, is reported to be a helpful apparition, guiding nervous actors skillfully about the stage on more than one occasion. The comedian Stanley Lupino claims to have seen the ghost of Dan Leno, or George Wilde Galvin, who lived from 1860 to 1904, oddly enough dying on Halloween night. Better known by the stage name of Dan Leno, he was a, a leading English music hall comedian and musical theater actor during the late Victorian era. He was best known, aside from his music hall act, for his dame roles in the annual pantomimes that were popular at London's Theater Royal, Drury Lane, from 1888 to 1904. And he's been seen in a dressing room there. There are many more theaters claiming hauntings. Whether or not they actually are haunted, or they simply claim hauntings, as a matter of drawing attention, is for the individual to glean from the facts. As I said earlier, I find so many of the stories to be repetitive, so I have doubts. But because I have not experienced them, does not mean they don't exist. If you have theater stories, I wish you'd share them. I would like to hear them. Well, that's this week's show. I hope you have enjoyed it. I enjoyed presenting it to you. As usual, you can contact me at Terry's Mysterious Moments on Facebook or Terry's Mysterious Moments at gmail.com. Again, that's Terry's Mysterious Moments on Facebook or Terry's Mysterious Moments at gmail.com. Remember, you can listen to Aaron Hunter as he presents listener stories 
on Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast, on Mondays. And we're really praying for you, Aaron, to get free of those serious allergies. Aaron Frail on Aaron's Horror Show on Tuesdays, me on Wednesdays, and the occasional show The Sandman Lullaby with Patrick Sean Jones, usually on Thursdays. Also remember that you can download the RPA app from the Apple App Place and from the Google Play App Place, so then you can go directly to the shows. Well, that's the show, and again, I appreciate you listening, taking the time to spend time with me, or letting me spend time with you, as the case may be, and we'll talk to you next week. Good night. Good night.